This second and last mission of the fourth chapter of Shabbos de- continues dealing with the laws of Hatmana, of insulating cooked food on Shabbos, but really the laws of this Mishnah are more pertaining to Muktzah, to the rules about Muktzah, more than they really are about Hatmana, about the insulating as we'll see. So just to remind that we've learned about Muktzah, that Muktzah means set apart. And on Shabbos, when the sun sets on Friday evening, whatever is Huktzah, whatever is set apart that could be used on Shabbos, one could use, but whatever is Huktzah Le'isr, whatever is set apart for prohibition, even if somehow it would, would become permitted later on, but once it's prohibited when Shabbos starts, it's now muktzah, you can't use it the whole Shabbos. So now when we speak about insulating food, so we already learned yesterday that the rabbi is only allowed to insulate with things that don't increase heat, so that you shouldn't come to insulate with remits. Only You could only insulate with things that guard the heat. But now when it comes to insulating, the question is, what are you going to insulate with? So we already learned it has to be something that doesn't increase heat, just guard the heat. But now this mission is going to talk about that there are certain things that when it comes to the laws of Atmana, you could use. They're, they don't increase heat. That's fine that you could insulate with them. But they might be a problem to use because of the other issue of muktza. Things that, let's say, before Shabbos, you're allowed to insulate with because there's no prohibition of muktza. But if, let's say, you use them to insulate with before Shabbos starts, and then somehow the insulation gets messed up, and the objects themselves are muktza, you're going to have a problem. So that's what this Mishnah begins discussing. And it diver- differentiates between what's called shlochin, which means like animal hides. It means animal skin that the hair has not been taken off, and they're used to sit on. It's like today also, you sometimes you have carpets, I mean, animal rights people obviously don't like it, but you have carpets made from animal skin, and the original animal hair is still on it. <clears throat> so therefore, these animal hides are not muktza, because as soon as Shabbos starts, you could sit on them. You could use them to sit with on Shabbos, and therefore, since they're able to be used on Shabbos, they're never muktza. As opposed to what's called gizet semer, which means wool shearings, shearings that were sheared off a sheep. Now, these wool shearings are not meant to be sat upon. They're meant to be used to be sewn into garments. That's what you use wool for. So, when you have shearings from sheep, wool shearings, those are muktza. Because those are meant to be used to sew with, to make garments with. So they're the richtige emesa muktza. So if you insulate with that, it's going to be a problem. Let's see the mission inside. You're allowed to do hatman, you're allowed to insulate with animal hides, with hides that have hair in it. And it's not a problem to carry them on Shabbos. If let's say you insulate with them and one falls on Shabbos, it's not an issue because you could sit on them. It's not muktza. But begizet semer, if you want to insulate with wool shearings, you could insulate with them before Shabbos, but if they were to fall apart, this let's say you'd make this little you know pyramid, this little cone of of sheep shearings, and they fall apart, and you can't move them if they do fall apart. 
because the shearings are muktza. So even if you make this little cave of wool shearings before Shabbos, you could put the pot in before Shabbos, but then if you take the pot out and the shearings fall apart, you can't make that cave again. So look at the Mishnah. So let's say you insulated with these wool shearings that are muktza before Shabbos, and you put the pot in this little cave of wool shearings that you made. What are you allowed to do? The wool shearings are muktza, so you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to move the wool shearings because they're muktza. But what can you do? So you pick up the lid of the pot, taka, the wool shearings are on it, and you can't move them directly, but you're allowed to pick up the lid of the pot. And the wool shearings will fall down by themselves. In other words, when it comes to the laws of muktza, if you have, let's say, a pen, something that you're not allowed to carry in Shabbos, that's on a book, you didn't intend it to be there, but it's on the book, you're not allowed to pick up the pen, but you could pick up the book and the pen will fall off. That's allowed, that's, that's okay when it comes to laws of muktza. Now the Mishnah goes on to say what happens if, let's say, you insulated the pot with these wool shearings, which are muktzus. Rebbelazer ben Azariah, Omer Rebbelazer ben Azariah says he's afraid that if you will now take the pot completely out of the cave of wool shearings, the, the thing will fall apart, and then you're going to maybe come to carry the wool shearings. So he says, Kupa matal tzidavenaitel. You could lift and tilt over the lid of the box on the side and, and take the food out of it, but you can't completely take the pot out. According to Rabbi and Azar, you're not allowed to ever take the pot completely out of the Muktzah cave of wool shearings. Because maybe you'll take the pot out and the wool shearings will fall apart. And maybe you'll come to carry the wool shearings. He's afraid that you'll go against the prohibition of Muktzah. But the sages say, and Halacha follow the sages, that you are allowed to take the pot completely out of the wool shearings. Now, they would agree that if the wool shearings, the, the Gizeh Tzemer, will fall apart, you're not allowed to carry them because they're muktza. But the sages are not concerned that you'll come to make that cave again because you know if you're taking it out of the insulation, there's a chance it'll fall apart. You won't be able to insulate it again. So the sages are, don't have that concern. So And then the Mishnah says, if let's say you didn't cl- cover the pot before Shabbos, like he saw me if you didn't cover before Shabbos started, you're not allowed to carry it when Shabbos, you're not allowed to cover the pot when Shabbos starts. You have to make sure the pots are covered before Shabbos. But if you did cover a pot before Shabbos, Kisov and Gala, you covered it and then it became uncovered. Mutal so you're allowed to cover it again, which is why as long as pots are covered before Shabbos, if you uncover them, you could cover them again on Shabbos. And finally, the Mishnah deals with a completely different law. What if you want to insulate something cold? My great-grandfather was a butcher in Kerai Helmets in Czechoslovakia. He used to insulate underground meats with ice underground to keep the cold. So what about on Shabbos? Are you allowed to insulate cold? And the, the answer is yes, because that's not the, what the sages prohibited. So the Mishnah says, You're allowed to fill up a bottle of cold water and place it under a cushion or under a blanket. In other words, there's no problem of insulating to try to keep the hole, the cold in on a hot day because that's, that's not the type of insulation that the sages prohibited because obviously it has nothing to do with cooking.